turning together in God's word to the Gospel of John, sorry, to the Psalm 12, the Psalm 12 for our Bible reading. The Psalm number 12, and it is just a short psalm, the eight verses, we're going to read the whole of the psalm together, the Psalm number 12. And we're commencing together at the first verse. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. They speak vanity, every one with his neighbor, with flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things, who have said, With our tongue will we prevail, our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy. Now will I arise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. The words of the Lord are pure words, a silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Amen. We try. Amen. Take our seats together. I would invite you to turn once again to the psalm that we have read, uh, the psalm number 12. As we look together at the 12th psalm, I really want to draw your attention to the opening words, those opening two words of the psalm. And the psalmist David, as he turns to the Lord in prayer, he says, help, Lord, help, Lord. Here we have, just in these words, a prayer for help. And that's what I want us to think about together here this morning. And we'll just unite our hearts in a brief word of prayer to ask the Lord for that help as we come to the ministry of his word. Our gracious God, our loving Heavenly Father, we do thank thee that we can seek thy face with thy word before us. And we thank thee today that thy word is truth. We praise thee for the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ when he prayed for his people. And he said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And we pray today that that word, O God, would have that sanctifying effect upon our hearts and upon our lives and that we would know that it is, O God, to receive with meekness that engrafted word which alone is able to save the soul. And if there would be that soul today that is far off from thee, we pray for thy grace, we pray for mercy, and that thou wouldst draw them even unto thyself. Help us each one to defeat the adversary and close us in now to thee. We ask these things for Jesus' sake. Amen. We have just been singing uh, that great hymn, the hymn by Isaac Watts, O God, our help 
in ages past, our hope for years to come. And that was a hymn based upon the 90th Psalm and would really be a paraphrase of that Psalm. The hymn originally had nine verses and it has been reduced down in most hymn books, including our own, to the six verses. It's in the national section of our hymn book and it has been accepted as a national hymn and it has been sung on many official and many national occasions. The funeral of Winston Churchill, the Prime Minister, was an example. He requested that this hymn would be sung at his funeral. He said it was a hymn that spoke of courage and of reliance upon the Lord. Before that, it was sung at the funeral of Sir Edward Carson. He had a state funeral in Belfast, and as his coffin was being lowered into the ground inside St. Anne's Cathedral in Belfast, the congregation sang this great hymn, O God, our help in ages past. And it has been sung on so many other occasions. It has been referred to as Ulster's battle hymn, the help of the Lord and the faithfulness of the Lord in giving that help. And here in the opening words of this 12th Psalm, the psalmist David is coming before the Lord and he is seeking that help. And just in those opening words, he says, Help, Lord. We do not know the exact circumstances that David found himself in at this particular time. He was obviously in a very difficult situation. Many have suggested that it was during the time of his persecution from King Saul. When he had to flee from King Saul, he was being pursued and his life was under threat and he had to look to the Lord for that needed help. He turns to the Lord in prayer and he prays a a simple and a short prayer and he says, help Lord. That's a prayer that Certainly we can all pray. Some people would relate at times to the fact that they find it difficult to pray. Well, here is a most simple prayer. Here is a most wonderful example of prayer consisting of just two words. It's a very direct prayer. It's a very pointed prayer. And while we can find it a struggle at times to pray, surely this is a prayer that we can all pray And it's a prayer that we all need to pray. Where is the individual who does not need that help? Hebrews chapter 4 and the verse 16, we're encouraged and invited to come before the Lord for that help. Come boldly onto the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And in all of those times of need, thank God, we have the Lord to turn to. We can resort to the throne of heavenly grace. We can know that grace to help in time of need. Here's that word, that word of promise that he will help us. 
And many of God's people will have proved that over a long period of time. The help of the Lord and the faithfulness of the Lord in answer to prayer. And I want us just to come to examine this prayer for help. That it may be an encouragement to our hearts this Lord's Day morning. Firstly, we consider it's a prayer of desperation. Desperation. Help, Lord. Whenever you think of those words, you can see that David must have obviously been crying to the Lord from the depths. The depths of despair. Certain conditions are described in the psalm. We don't know the exact uh, time in David's life that he penned this psalm and he prayed this prayer. But we can see uh, certainly the conditions that are described to us in the context of the psalm. It was a day of declension. Because the first verse goes on to say, For the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful feel from among the children of men. There's the conditions that drew David to the Lord in prayer. He could see that it was a time of spiritual declension. There was a marked decline in godliness. The godly man ceaseth. The faithful were few. The faithful feel from among the children of men. There could be any number of reasons as to why this actually happened. That the godly were ceasing and the faithful were failing. Could have been due to backsliding. Could have been due to turning away from the Lord. And many times God's ancient people throughout the Old Testament, they turned away from the Lord to besetting sins. And maybe that was the reason that the godly man was ceasing and the faithful man was failing from among the children of men. Could have been down to the fact that the godly were passing away in death and the faithful were passing away in death. And that they were not being replaced. A godly and a faithful generation that one by one their seats were being emptied and they weren't being replaced. And there was something of a spiritual declension that brought David to cry to the Lord for that needed help. The godly and the faithful. What a blessing it is to have the godly and the faithful in any given time or generation. Think about the influence for God and for good that they are. Think about the blessing that they are to society. Think about the example that the faithful are to God's people. We should thank God for the godly and for the faithful. But they're fading fast. They're fading fast. That was, that was David's lament here. And that's what brought David to the Lord in prayer. And he said, help, Lord, for the godly are ceasing and the faithful are failing. It was the lament in the days of Micah. 
Micah 7 and the verse 2, The good man is perished out of the earth, and there is none upright among men. They all lie in wait for blood. They hunt every man his brother with a net. So even in the days of Micah, they could see that that good man and the upright man, they too were failing. You don't really need me to draw the application from the psalm and from the portions of Scripture. It's before our eyes today for all to see. There is something of a spiritual declension in the days in which we're living. The evidence of it is all around us. I drew attention on Tuesday night past to those census figures of 2021 that have just been published regarding England and Wales. And when you look at them and you read into them, you can see there further proof and further evidence of that spiritual declension. Help, Lord. It was a cry of desperation because it was a day of declension. We could see from the Psalm 12 it was also a day of deceitfulness. When you look at verse 2 of the Psalm, they speak vanity, every one with his neighbor, with flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. Verse 3, the Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things. Not only a day of declension, but it was a day of deceitfulness. And perhaps it was relating to the time whenever David was being pursued by King Saul and there was that vicious whispering campaign against David. Maybe that's what he's referring to here when he speaks there about those uh, vain words and those flattering lips and that double heart. There was deceitfulness abroad. The expression there, double heart, literally it reads a heart and a heart. Two hearts. Maybe a heart for public Another heart for private. Maybe a heart for a Sunday. Another heart for the rest of the week. A heart and a heart. It was a day of deceitfulness and duplicity. Whenever it seemed there were those with two hearts and David himself felt helpless to counter the lies that was spoken about him. My, the tongues were busy working against the Lord's servant. Tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil. It's full of deadly poison. It's that little member that is set on fire of hell. It can be so damaging, so destructive, and so hurtful. But that was the days in which David lived. And we know that today uh, that's a murder of our society. The declension on one hand and the deceitfulness that would be abroad on the other. There's much duplicity. It's a day of defiance as well. Verse 4, those who spoke with those flattering lips and with the proud tongue... Verse 4, who have said, with our tongue will we prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? 
And there was a spirit there of defiance. We'll live as we please. We'll do as we like. We'll say what we want. David could observe that in his day and generation. Who is Lord over us? Is that not the spirit that's abroad even today? That spirit of defiance, does that not characterize the days in which we live? And where there's the decline of of godliness and of the faithful on the one hand, there'll be a rising of sin and evil and wickedness on the other. And you look to the end of Psalm 12 and that 8th verse, it says, The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. And we're seeing that played out in society today. We're seeing the wicked walk on every side. We're seeing the vilest being exalted. The Bible here would be right up to date. It's as if it's speaking about the very days in which we live. Days of declension, days of deceit, days of duplicity, days of defiance. And David says, help Lord. Is that not a prayer that we need to pray? Cry to the Lord for his help. We've said it's a reflection of the days in which we live. And when Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he he really prophesied of the end times. And he said in 2 Thessalonians, the chapter 2 and the verse 3, let no man deceive you. And he was speaking, referring to the day of Christ and those last days leading up to the return of the Lord Jesus. And he said, let no man deceive you. There will be days of deception. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. There's the declension. There's the falling away. There's the apostasy. That man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself. There's the defiance. And so we can see certainly that the Psalm 12, while it's speaking in the context of David's day, but it's not just speaking about the immediate context. It would be reaching down the corridors of time. It would be reminding us there, as the Apostle Paul does, that those last days will be such days. And there has to be that prayer from God's people, help, Lord. If we're going to remain faithful in the last days. A prayer of desperation, but secondly, a prayer for deliverance. Just that word, help. That was a cry for deliverance. That word help really means save. You could translate it, save, Lord. How many times we find ourselves in need of that help. We need the Lord to come and to to intervene and to give to us that needed help to come to our assistance. Help. In the original language of the Old Testament, It's the word easer, easer. You might say, well, what's the point in telling us that? We don't know Hebrew. Well, you might know it. You've heard of Eliezer. 
Eliezer. And that simply means God is my help. And so you would have heard of that character in the Bible, Eliezer. In fact, that was the name that Moses gave to one of his sons. And in Exodus, the chapter 18, and in the fourth verse, we find the name Eliezer was here the second son of Moses, and the the name of the other was Eliezer. For the God of my father said he was mine help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. And so Moses here was wanting to give testimony to the fact that in the past he had known the Lord's help and he had known the Lord's deliverance from the sword of Pharaoh. And when his son was born, he said, I'm going to call him Eliezer. God is my help. And so we're maybe more familiar with that Hebrew word Ezer than than what we think. Isn't it good, like Moses, that we would give the Lord the glory? And in those times when the Lord has drawn near and the Lord has been our help, that, that we would acknowledge that. We would thank him for that and we would want to testify of that. Eliezer, God is my help. But there's another name there with the word Ezer in it as well, and you'll be familiar with it. And it's the word Ebenezer. Ebenezer. Do you remember that time? It's recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 7 and the verse 12. And it says, Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and called the name of it Ebenezer saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. And Samuel, like Moses, he wanted to testify of the Lord's help. He had experienced the help of the Lord there in the past, and he comes with this memorial stone, and Ebenezer means a stone of help. And he wanted to raise up that memorial stone to be a reminder to all that when they came to that particular place, they would know that the Lord had helped. Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Robert Robinson started out as a hairdresser when he heard the preaching of George Whitfield. He was converted to Christ. He would later pen the words of that well-known hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And in the third verse of that hymn, he included those words, Here I raise my Ebenezer. Hither by thy help I'm come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. And how often we have sung those words and we have thought about Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come. It's only by the help and the grace of God. Mr. Spurgeon, he has a sermon just entitled Ebenezer. Ebenezer. And I believe it's in that sermon that he refers to a lady, an elderly lady who spoke to him And she told Mr. Spurgeon, I have so many Ebenezers. It's not just the one stone, but oh, my Ebenezers are so many that it's like a wall on each side of me all throughout my life. 
All of those occasions when the Lord has stepped in and the Lord has been our helper and we could raise up stone after stone. It's like a wall on each side of us. Easer. Help, Lord. Whenever you think back on this year, the year's coming to a close very quickly. You think back on all that you have been through in this past year, and there have been very difficult times for some. For some, the storms have been raging. Maybe you've been in the fiery furnace, and maybe today, as you think back, you would have to raise that Ebenezer. You would have to testify that while it was so difficult and. You were in desperation at times, but you sought the Lord, and the Lord came, and the Lord gave that needed help. Ebenezer. And so, Eliezer, God is my help. Ebenezer, God is the stone of my help. But Jehovah Ezer, Jehovah Ezer, that's God, is our helper. And when you look at our text of Scripture there in that Psalm 12, and just those two words, help, Lord, that title, Lord, is in block capital letters. That's referring to the great I am. That's referring to the omnipotent God, the Lord God Almighty. That's the term for Jehovah. And therefore, when the psalmist David is speaking about this help, it's a reference to divine help. Jehovah Ezer. It's a reference to that help that only the Lord can give. When he comes by way of deliverance, by way of that divine intervention, it's the same word that appears in the Psalm 121 that was our opening psalm. I to the Lord will lift mine eyes from whence doth come my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made the heaven and the earth. Psalm 46 and the verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the day of trouble. Psalm 116 and the verse 6, the psalmist says, I was brought low, but he helped me. The Isaiah, the prophet in that 41st chapter and how many times we would quote that verse 10 from Isaiah 41 fear thou not for I am with thee be not dismayed for I am thy God I will strengthen thee yea I will help thee I will help thee and then that 41st chapter of Isaiah in the verse 13, those words are repeated at the end of that verse. The Lord promised again, I will help thee. And then you come into verse 14, the very next verse, the words are repeated again, I will help thee. Three times over in the space of short verses, the Lord is promising his people that divine help, that deliverance, I will help thee. In the New Testament scriptures, in Acts 26 and the verse 22, was Paul's defense before King Agrippa. And as he testified there before King Agrippa, he said, having obtained help from the Lord, 
having obtained help of the Lord, I continue to this day. And surely that would be the testimony of God's people here gathered. It's only having obtained help from the Lord that we continue by his grace. And so there's this prayer. It's a prayer for help and it's a prayer of desperation and it's a prayer for deliverance. But thirdly, it's a prayer of dependence. This prayer indicates from the psalmist that there is that faith and there is that trust in the Lord. When you look again into the psalm and to those verses 6 and 7, you can see the psalmist is bringing us here uh, to ponder uh, the fact that what the Lord is able to do. In verse 6, it's referring to God's promises. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. And there's the pure and the perfect word of God. And all of God's promises, those exceeding great and precious promises, the psalmist is showing us that in such a day we can depend upon the Lord and we can depend upon his word. We can have that confidence in the Lord. Prayer of dependence, where can we go but to the Lord? For thou hast the words of eternal life. Verse 7 would show us there's God's protection. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt keep them. And the word keep there uh, carries the thought of guarding and of protecting. And we can depend upon the Lord who will protect us for the Lord watches over his people. The Lord is our keeper. And so here we can see that dependence upon the Lord as we turn to him in prayer. God's promises and God's protection. And verse 7 has the word there, preserve. There's God's preservation. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The Lord preserving his people. The Lord keeping his people in an evil day. You could say it's a title of the Lord that he is the preserver. It's interesting that in Isaiah chapter 11 and the verse 1, there's a prophetical title given of the Lord there as the branch, the branch. And that word has a connection with the vineyard and it's referring to the healthy green shoot that comes forth. But you know, it comes from the same original root word as the word preserve. And so whenever the psalmist is speaking in Psalm 12 about the Lord preserving his people, it's actually a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is the branch, the one who will preserve the vine, as it were. And today, if you find yourself in a situation where the circumstances are such that you need the Lord's help. The circumstances that have left to yourself, you would not be able to cope. You would be overwhelmed with it. It would be enough to crush you. Then look to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the preserver. He's the keeper of his people. And he's the one today who is able 
to help. The Lord is our helper. Matthew 15, we'll not turn to it, but we read there about a woman of Canaan. And she came to the Lord in her desperation, and she was crying to the Lord for mercy. And it seemed at first that the Lord did not answer her. But then it tells us that she came worshipping the Lord. And as she came worshipping the Lord, she just uttered three words. And she said, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Similar to the cry from the psalmist David here, help, Lord. That's a prayer the Lord answers. That's a prayer where the Lord is able to come and he's able to intervene on behalf of his people. And I encourage you today that you seek the Lord and you say, Lord, help. And the Lord has promised to answer that prayer. Let's just unite our hearts together in a word of prayer. We come to seek the Lord's face. Our gracious God and our loving Father, we thank Thee for Thy word today, for the encouragement that it is to our hearts. And we pray that Thou wouldst draw us each one, O God, to Thee. So many times, our Father, we would seek to lean upon the arm of the flesh, we would turn to our own resources. But we pray that thou wouldst help us, our Father, to seek thee with all of our heart. And may we know in these days, O God, that answer to prayer and that divine intervention. Bless those that will tarry around thy table. Bless others, O God, that will take their leave from us and grant that we each would know the abiding presence of the Lord and his blessing to be our portion. We ask these things for Jesus' sake. Amen.